0: My favorite thing to do when I'm commuting or waiting on a long line is hop onto June's journey and escape into a game filled with compelling stories, strong female characters, and a true crime mystery I want to help solve. The game lets you step into the role of June Parker as she tries to figure out who killed her sister. By playing the hidden object mystery mobile game, you put your detective skills to the test. You find clues, play mind-teasing puzzles, and dive into the roaring 1920s. I'm on Chapter 4 and still trying to figure out how these clues will help me crack the case of who did it and why. But I can't do it alone. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Wedded Bliss turns into a dark mystery in Lucy Foley's The Guest List. The thrilling mystery is set on the coast of Ireland and it's my latest pick to listen to on Audible. The twists and turns do not disappoint. Listening to it felt addicting because I needed to know what happened next. The time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking audio titles. Especially with brand new exclusive thrillers that are guaranteed to keep you on the edge of your seat. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. It is the home of storytelling, after all. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com/snapped or text snapped to 500 500. That's audible.com/snapped or text snapped to 500 500. Hi, Snap listeners. We are bringing you a special bonus episode today from Oxygen's hit series, Buried in the Backyard. You can also watch full episodes live or on demand on the free Oxygen app or on Peacock by clicking the link in our description. Enjoy
1: a quaint getaway on an island
2: paradise. It wasn't on the beach, but it was kind of funky because it always had pink
3: flamingos out front.
1: Becomes the center of a mysterious disappearance.
3: He reported that she left the apartment.
1: A strange incident on the mainland deepens the mystery.
3: He said he ran into a couple and that in exchange for crack, they gave him the use of the vehicle.
1: She wouldn't have left the car there. And leads to a desperate hunt to find a beloved motel owner.
3: She said that she couldn't do with this relationship anymore. What happens at that point? I lose control.
1: Police comb every inch of beach. An
3: extensive digging operation commenced.
1: And for years, an island community is left to wonder, could the answers be right beneath their feet? buried in the sand. That's where people watch the sunset. Anna Maria Island is a pristine jewel tucked away on the southwest coast of Florida With miles of unspoiled beaches and the turquoise water of the Gulf of Mexico, it's a little slice of heaven for residents and visitors alike.
2: It's Mayberry in Paradise is the way we like to describe it. It's a sand barrier island, five blocks wide, eight miles long.
4: You feel good all the time and you want to be outdoors. It's a beautiful spot with amazing sunsets. I still pinch myself sometimes living here But
1: on a sunny October morning in 2015, something unusual is stirring on the beach. I was at home and
5: my husband came in and he said, Barbara, there are three sheriff's trucks at the end of our street. And Fox News is in our driveway. Something's happening. This was unusual
1: for Anna Maria Island. Island residents hear rumors that police are following up on a tip about a woman's body supposedly buried beneath the white sand.
6: When I drove out here this morning, it was a different place that we've never dug before. It was like, yes, I think we've got the right spot. But we'll find that out in a couple hours. It's extremely important that we find that body. Our forensic people went in with the medical examiner and worked through the day. We wanted to be meticulous in how we did it in a grid pattern. And we started seeing bones and a skeleton. It was buried in the sand on the beach.
4: I
7: heard the news in the morning from Holmes Beach Police Chief, and I stood straight up out of my chair with goosebumps from my head to my toes. That's the pavilion where people go and watch the sunset. No one suspected that she would be buried there. Marie Island, it's more of a mom and pop kind of a town, motels. Restaurants and the stores are basically locally owned. Places like Haley's Motel. Haley's Motel has always been a very
2: nice motel, reasonable prices. It wasn't on the beach, but it was kind of funky because it always had pink flamingos out front.
1: In 2002, the motel has new owners, Tom Bueller and his German-born wife, Sabine Muselbueller, or Sabina as her friends call her. Tom did the repairs, Tom
4: did the yard work, and Sabina did the books. Sabina was really in her element. She just felt very comfortable there. And she was on the go all the time. Sabina manages the small
1: bungalows with her unique personal style. Sabine really was aggressive about
7: marketing the hotel.
6: She used to have island-renowned Halloween parties, and. To be honest, I was like, well, why aren't you inviting me? (laughs) You know, so. uh...
1: Sabina is also a passionate environmentalist and animal advocate. She never
5: saw a bird with a broken wing that she didn't help. She really
4: wanted to help animals that were in distress. And she hated people who smoke and eat meat. At one point, I ordered my chicken salad, and she goes, I'm not sitting at that table with you if you're eating that. So yeah, it was pretty extreme.
5: She had strong opinions. I remember that well before hotels and motels were going non-smoking, she decided nobody was going to smoke there anymore. I know that they lost business, but she believed it was not good for anybody and it wasn't going to happen
1: there. Always guided by her strong convictions, Sabina finds a new cause to get behind in October 2008 when she begins working on Barack Obama's presidential campaign. She was really involved in campaigning
2: for him. She was doing canvassing, knocking on doors just before the election. I know the night of the election, she was so jazzed up that he won she had asked me if i was going to go to the party
5: that the island democrats were having and i told her no but i know she was looking forward to it and she didn't show up for the party missing an election night party when a person you're supporting wins i mean that (laughs) that doesn't fit The day after the election, I walked over to Haley's and I said, where's Sabina? And they said, we don't know where she is.
1: I started to worry. As the day fades and Sabina's friends become more and more concerned, just across the bay in Bradenton, sheriff's deputies conduct what seems to be a routine traffic stop.
3: On November the 6th, at about 2.25 in the morning, a deputy of the Manti Sheriff's Department attempts to stop a Pontiac Sunbird for traffic infraction. And when the deputy attempts to stop the vehicle, the driver flees uh, from the area.
1: In the middle of the chase, the driver jumps out of the car and takes off on foot. He doesn't get far before officers take him into custody. He's identified as 38-year-old Robert Corona, a man with numerous convictions for auto theft.
3: Robert Corona tells officers that he ran into a couple and that in exchange for crack, uh, they gave him the use of the vehicle. Mr. Corona's story was not unfathomable. Certainly, it's been known to happen that people trade the use of their vehicles for drugs.
1: Police discover that the Pontiac Sunfire is registered to Sabina Musel Bueller, the owner of Haley's Motel on Anna Maria Island. When officers call the motel, Tom Bueller confirms it's his wife's car.
6: There's very tough areas in Bradenton and Manatee County. And he did say that she wouldn't have been in that area of town, 2.30 in the morning and let Mr. Corona, you know, borrow her car.
3: Tom was concerned about Sabine.
6: Nobody had filed a missing persons report until Corona got caught, you know, in the stolen car. So we had no idea that anybody was missing up until that point. It was now inherent upon us to find Sabine. The first step was starting to look at what evidence we had from the car that was recovered.
5: At the moment that they found the car, the immediate thing that went into my head was she wouldn't have been there. She wouldn't have left the car there. She must be dead.
3: The lady hasn't been seen, and we found blood in her car.
4: And they were naked, so it was obvious what was going on.
3: She could have
6: just said, "No, I just want to get out of Ana Maria. I'll just take cash and just take off.
4: My phone rang, and she said, Tina, there's a fire at the hotel. A routine traffic stop has
1: unexpectedly become a missing persons case. Robert Corona, a convicted felon, is under arrest for driving a stolen car. But there's no sign of the car's owner, Sabina Muselbueller. In fact, No one has seen her for the past 48 hours.
3: The first thing law enforcement does is they question uh, the missing person's associates and spouse to find out when they've last seen her. Officers spoke to Mr. Bueller. He indicated to them that he hadn't seen her since November the 4th, and he was concerned. Mr. Bueller was extremely cooperative. He was willing to give information and uh, allow police to search anywhere on his premises that they thought might uh, yield evidence.
1: A search of the motel doesn't give detectives any reason to doubt what Tom Bueller has been telling them. But when detectives press Tom about his relationship with Sabina, he admits something that surprises them. The marriage is not on solid ground.
3: Miss Musil Bueller and Tom Bueller had uh, been married for approximately 10 years. But at that time, they were simply friends and business partners. They were not romantically involved.
4: I don't think their relationship was more than, you know, we're business partners and we're friends. They weren't hugging and kissing at any point that I can remember.
1: Tom suggests the detectives talk with a former motel employee, named Bill Cumber. He tells them Sabina has been spending more time with Bill than him recently. He explains that he and Sabina met Bill, a woodworker, three years earlier. Bill
2: came on the property looking for work and Sabina being the kind-hearted kind of person that she was, said, we've got a handyman work that you can do.
1: 30-year-old Bill performs chores around the motel grounds and instantly draws the attention of guests and Sabina's friends. Bill Cumber was an extremely attractive man
5: and knew how to flaunt it. You're not used to going out of your house and seeing somebody in tight jeans and no shirt. That's young. (laughs) That's.
1: I mean, it was like, who the heck is he? But after just a few weeks on the job, Bill draws some unwanted attention from the police. They arrive with an arrest warrant for arson, a crime committed two months earlier.
3: Mr. Cumber had been socializing with some people at a house. There was a woman apparently he took a fancy to. At some point he became disruptive and the woman asked him to leave and he retaliated by setting the house on fire with the occupants still inside. No one was hurt. Mr. Cumber ultimately admitted that he had done it because the woman had scorned him.
6: And after his arrest, he was ultimately convicted and uh, sent to prison.
1: After three years in prison for arson, Bill Cumber is released on probation. Tom and Sabina are there to help him get back on his feet. I thought, okay,
5: now she's trying to help him like she helps birds with broken wings.
1: By the fall of 2008, with Bill out of prison only a month, it's clear to some of her friends that Sabina's attraction to Bill is
4: more than just friendship. Suddenly, you know, you could tell she would dress differently. And she was made up more. Then one day when Tom is cleaning rooms at the motel,
1: he stumbles upon Sabina and Bill together
4: and they were naked and you know so it was obvious what was going on but i think tom had already figured it out this was just like the confirmation okay she's now with this guy
5: i never saw him angry but one thing he did say to me was i never knew she was that unhappy
1: Within days of Tom's discovery, Sabina rents an apartment and moves into it with Bill. But just a few weeks later, Sabina is missing. Tom insists to detectives that although his wife left him for another man, he bears her no ill will. Police find Bill at the apartment.
6: Bill Cumber was cooperative. He wanted to do everything he could to help find
3: Sabine.
1: Bill tells police he hasn't seen Sabina since election night two days ago.
3: Mr. Cumber reported to law enforcement that on the night of November fourth, he and Sabine cooked dinner. They then sat down to watch the election returns. At some point, he went to smoke a cigarette This was a point of dispute between him and Sabine. She did not like him to smoke. They did have an argument, and he reported that she left the apartment at that point. He described the clothing she was wearing, flowered shirt, jeans, a silver necklace he had given her, and sneakers. Mr. Cumberland allowed the police to search the apartment he shared with Sabine. They didn't see anything out of the ordinary.
6: Sabine's purse was not found in the apartment. It's a possibility that she could have just driven off the island. His story about Sabine could have happened.
1: Detectives fan out across the island and speak to Sabina's friends, hoping someone has heard from her. She
4: wasn't in contact with anybody. We had made some photocopies of pictures of Sabina, and we literally walked around from place to place and said, hey, have you seen this lady?
1: With no sign of Sabina, three days after her disappearance, detectives press harder on the man found with Sabina's car, convicted felon, Robert Corona.
3: The police were concerned that Miss Bueller had not simply disappeared uh, of her own accord. And so they were contemplating this was a possible homicide investigation.
1: Sabina Musel Bueller has been missing from her home on Florida's picturesque Anna Maria Island for three days. Her friends in the small beach community fear the worst. She was on her way to a celebration for Obama.
7: And that was downtown. The Democratic headquarters were downtown. So maybe she stopped at a red light, gave someone a ride, and it just didn't go well. I thought somebody carjacked her and took her out to the interstate and left her there. I was thinking maybe someday we'd find her body in a ditch next to the interstate.
1: Detectives also suspect foul play is possible. Their strongest lead is the convicted felon arrested for driving Sabina's stolen car, Robert Corona. And what the forensics team discovers while processing Sabina's Pontiac Sunbird is troubling.
3: When the car was found, they noted that there was a round hole in the back seat that had been apparently dug out and, that aroused suspicion on the part of law enforcement.
6: Whoever did it used a knife and and cut it around, and then took out the padding and the leather. We surmised that they tried to clean up the car as best they could and uh, cut that, that part out. The forensics unit used luminol on the car, and they found blood evidence
3: around that padding. The blood is taken and processed for DNA. A couple of days after his first interrogation, Robert Corona is interrogated a second time. At that point, the law enforcement told Mr. Corona the lady hasn't been seen and that we found blood in her car. At that time, he changes the story. Once he heard that, Mr. Corona fessed up that he had, in fact, stolen the car.
1: Robert Corona's first version of events may have been a lie, but detectives wonder whether the story he tells them next is also a stretch.
3: Mr. Corona did say he stole the car from the Gator Lounge.
6: Gator Lounge is an area of no prostitution back in 2008. It is as rough. And it's as bad as it gets.
3: The car, according to Mr. Corona, was found with the driver's side window down, as if someone's begging for it to be stolen.
1: Detectives head to the Gator Lounge to check out Corona's strange tale.
3: The bar owner said he left sometime probably between 10 and midnight and saw the car in the lot. And then the bartenderess said she saw it approximately 2.15 as she was closing up the bar. And that's just shortly before Mr. Corona is seen driving it.
1: The sightings place the car at the Gator Lounge more than 24 hours after Sabina left her apartment the night of November 4th. Although Robert Corona admits he's a car thief, he insists he's not a killer and claims to have an alibi to prove it.
3: Mr. Corona said at some point he had two passengers in his car. At the time, Sabine went missing. The police spoke to them, and they corroborated him as to where he had picked them up. There was another woman who said that she had been with Mr. Corona earlier that evening, that he'd had an argument with his girlfriend, and that he said he was going to, quote, borrow a car. So that tended to corroborate the premise that he just came upon the car and stole it. Mr. Corona lied because he presumably didn't want to go to prison. So Robert Corona was prosecuted for the theft of Miss Musilbuehler's car and convicted.
6: At that point, a missing persons case was getting national attention. We were getting tips from around the country. And we had to send leads to different agencies to say, you know, hey, could you vet this, this investigative lead for us? We must have vetted hundreds and hundreds of tips of what could have happened, you know, where she should have been. But we just kept hitting dead ends. We couldn't find Sabine.
1: Then, almost two weeks after Sabina was last seen, police get a tip that suggests all the worry about her may be for nothing.
3: There was a woman who thought she'd seen her at the airport.
1: The sighting seems credible enough to make detectives wonder, could Sabina have been angry with her boyfriend, Bill, and just run off?
6: It's a possibility that she could have just said, I just want to get out of Ana Maria. I'll just take cash and just take off. We had a vet hundreds of hours of videotape looking for her. But we couldn't find her, and she wasn't there. We did a search warrant on her safety deposit box, hoping to find things in that. And Sabine's passport was in there. We exhausted every lead that we had, showing that she just didn't up and leave.
1: As hope of finding Sabina alive dwindles, there's a stunning turn of events that sends
4: everyone on the tiny island reeling. My phone rang and it was a really good friend of Sabina's. She said, Tina, there's a fire at the hotel.
6: We dug up trash, we dug up carcasses from sea turtles where we thought she might be. He did intend to kill her. They were business partners, there was life insurance, so there was
4: motive. You can live out your chef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
8: Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash wondery, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash Wondery to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash Wondery.
1: As investigators continue to search for Sabina Musil on November 16th, 2008, 12 days after she's reported missing, residents and police on Anna Maria Island receive another shock. It was a hot fire, and it was going strong. The close-knit island community wonders, could the blaze at Haley's motel and Sabina's disappearance be connected? When the flames are extinguished, investigators begin sifting through the ashes for clues.
3: It was highly suspicious to law enforcement. It was determined that the origin was that it had been intentionally set through the use of accelerants.
1: Investigators are unable to determine why the fire was set or who might have done it, but that doesn't stop the island rumor mill. Knowing Cumber's background and his
5: previous arson, I immediately thought Cumber.
6: You look at all the clues that were presented to us and that Tom and Sabine were having problems in their marriage, they were business partners, there was life insurance, so there was motive that Tom may have had.
1: And some Islanders whisper that if Tom set the fire to collect an insurance payout,
4: he knew how he could throw police off his trail. Tom was the one who told me that Bill Combert had set a fire to another house. Clearly, everybody would think it was Bill. And there's another potential motive, jealousy. That was the building that Tom found Sabina and Bill together the first time. I just was like, oh my gosh. I, I To me, that just seemed like the obvious thing.
7: I felt like people on the island were looking at Tom, 50% he did it and 50% Cumber did it. There was no 1% off.
3: The arson was still unsolved, but in the interest of thoroughness, Tom Bueller's story was checked out and examined. He was no longer considered a suspect in the fire at the motel because he has a history of being a respected businessman.
6: I interviewed Tom at length and vetted him out and we believed that Tom wasn't responsible for Sabine being missing.
3: Although Mr. Cumber was a suspect based on his history and based on the surrounding circumstances, there was no forensic evidence that could tie him to it.
1: But given Bill Cumber's previous conviction for arson, detectives decide to keep him under surveillance to see if something shakes loose.
3: Sabine was footing the entire bill uh, and really was paying for his life. So when Sabine went missing, she was no longer there to provide for his needs. He had to uh, leave town.
1: When Bill can no longer pay the rent and is forced to move out of the apartment, it gives investigators an opening to conduct a detailed search of the place.
3: Law enforcement used a device called LumaLight, which when you darken a room, uh, blood will luminesce. And when they did that, they found Sabine's blood on the couch cushion and on the armrest. They also found blood later identified to Mr. Cumber on the floor of the apartment.
6: There was also blood evidence that was found on the wall. So it is possible that some type of struggle took place there but the problem was we couldn't prove what happened.
1: But when the DNA results from Sabina's car are compared to the findings in her apartment, detectives start to get a better picture.
3: Ultimately, they find Sabine's blood in the car, and they find Mr. Cumber's fingerprints uh, in areas that uh, his prints should not have been, given that he did not drive the car routinely. Law enforcement came to look at Mr. Cumber as the most likely suspect, but we didn't have enough evidence for a conviction. And at that point, without a body, we couldn't definitively say Sabine was murdered.
1: Without a body or any concrete evidence, the case seems to be running out of steam. But a few weeks later, Bill Cumber makes a little mistake that has a major impact on the investigation.
6: He was driving without a driver's license, left the county without notifying his parole officer. So he was
3: arrested. It was fortunate for law enforcement that Mr. Cumber violated probation because it sent him back to prison for a period of an additional seven years.
6: So now we could take the time that we needed to put all the pieces together and try to find a body or try to do a bodiless uh, conviction.
1: The detectives know that to make a murder case, they need to prove Sabina is dead. But they just can't find any solid evidence.
2: A year after she went missing, we had a memorial for her. It wasn't much we could say because there wasn't much we knew.
1: For three years, detectives are unable to find any new evidence in Sabina's disappearance. Then they get a call that changes everything.
6: There was a gentleman that was selling his house. He was clearing out the brush to try to get a better view. And he came across Sabine's purse. <laughs> Her driver's license and other items of evidentiary value were recovered inside the purse.
3: And this house was only in a couple of blocks of the apartment that Ms. Bueller and William Cumber shared.
1: Sabina Musel Bueller's purse has been found near the beach on Anna Maria Island the first solid clue in her disappearance in three years. It likely confirms Sabina never left the island, at least not alive.
3: It was a pretty momentous uh, episode in the investigation. We know there was no evidence of Sabine's activity on any of her accounts for three years. So there was no evidence that Sabine was still living after the evening of November 4th. We were convinced beyond a reasonable doubt at that point that Sabine was dead. It's very challenging for a prosecutor to prosecute a murder without a body. It can be done. It's legal to do it. You have to put on extensive evidence to show that the victim is dead. And you have to have some evidence pointing to foul play. So
6: we were able to prove that, you know, she's not with us anymore. Okay, she's not here. So where's the body? Well, we can't find the body. In Anna Maria, there's not many places to hide a body. But to bury a body, there's tons of places on the island. The chances of finding the body is slim to none.
1: If detectives can't find Sabina's body, they risk not being able to convict their prime suspect, Bill Cumber. He's currently behind bars for a parole violation, but there's only a few years left on his sentence.
6: We're thinking, well, maybe he buried the body on the beach near where the purse was ultimately recovered. We dug the beach meticulously trying to find her. We were using cadaver dogs from Sarasota search and rescue and uh, ground-penetrating radar. We did a lot of digging all over the beach. We dug up trash, shoes. We dug up carcasses from uh, sea turtles. It was quite a big task of searching where we thought she might be. We dug there like it seemed forever, for weeks, and uh, ultimately we didn't find anything.
1: The failed search leaves detectives more determined than ever to find Sabina.
3: Given his fingerprints in her car and blood in the apartment, the most likely suspect in Sabine's disappearance was William Cumber. They're
1: sure Bill Cumber is a killer. But without Sabina's body, the case against him is only circumstantial.
3: We had exhausted all of the known possibilities for looking for her body in and around the beach. And so it didn't seem like we were going to get any more evidence at that point. The body was never found, but we were going forward.
1: No single bit of circumstantial evidence can win a case, but the collective paints a damning picture.
3: After conferring with law enforcement and the medical examiner, we made a decision to charge Mr. Cumber with second-degree murder.
1: With Cumber facing a potential 22-year prison sentence on the murder charges, his lawyers cause delay after delay. But after years of legal wrangling, he realizes his chances of avoiding conviction are slim to none.
3: Ultimately, I was approached by Mr. Cumber's attorney, who said that Mr. Cumber was interested in a uh, plea offer.
1: On October 15, 2015, nearly seven years since Sabina's disappearance, Bill Cumber pleads guilty to second-degree murder.
4: This morning, uh, Mr.
6: Cumber appeared in court and entered a plea agreement to 22 years in a state prison and there was a uh, opportunity for him to provide two other things and he could get that reduced to 20 years.
3: And those two other things that he would have to provide would be a detailed uh, interview with us as to what he did and then to show us or tell us where her body was located. Following his plea, I and a couple of members of law enforcement went into a room at the courthouse Uh, with Mr. Cumber and his attorney, and I took a recorded interview of him. This is Art Brown of the state attorney's office. We are present with William Cumber, pursuant to the plea that Mr. Cumber has just entered. In a slow,
1: emotionless voice, Bill Cumber reveals step by awful step what actually happened on the night of November 4th, 2008.
6: This was around 10:30, 30, 11 o'clock. She encountered me and she smelled the smoke. Kind of okay. like gotten a little dispute about it. The argument with uh, Sabine was over his smoking in the apartment and uh, his constant drinking.
3: She said that she couldn't do with this relationship anymore. What happens at that point?
6: I lose control. I hit her in the head
3: with my fist. It was a left first and then a right. He said that he had struck her uh, twice in the face and that she bled from those injuries. What's her reaction to being struck? She gets scared and she covers her face with her hands. And I reached and grabbed her throat and started choking her.
5: till she wasn't moving.
3: you do at that point I just I couldn't believe what I did I stared down at her and I
5: couldn't believe what I had done I decided I didn't want to go back to prison so I thought of a way to expose
0: her
6: decided
3: I didn't want to go back to prison. So I thought of a way to expose her. I believe he did intend to kill her. Strangulation takes some time. It's not like firing a gun or stabbing somebody one time in the heart. It takes concerted effort. Mr. Cumber had a lot of issues with rejection. By his own admission, Sabine's essentially breaking up with him the night of November 4th. And Sabine has been the one funding his life since he's gotten out of prison.
6: I think he just lost his temper in that uh, his uh, meal ticket was walking out the door. I went and got a sheet off the bed. I rolled her up in it.
1: After dragging Sabina's body to her car and putting her in the back seat, he drove to the beach access path just down the road from Haley's motel.
3: He then has to take her out of the car, drag her along the wooden walkway, take her to the location to bury her in the sand Mr. Cumber's thought process was that Mr. Bueller would be a potential suspect if the bodies found that close to Haley's Motel.
1: After burying Sabina in the sand, Cumber says he drove back to their apartment and cleaned up. The next day, he drove her car to Bradenton and left it at the Gator Lounge.
3: Why did you pick the Gator Lounge? Any particular reason? Just a bar that I knew was uh, busy. I could just be a customer, parking a car.
1: Word of the shocking confession spreads quickly across Anna Maria Island. Cumber was an extremely vicious, talented con man. I have no doubt
5: that she was in love with the person he pretended to be. And unfortunately for her, it wasn't the person that he actually was.
1: After confessing to her murder, Cumber, in shackles, leads investigators to the beach, fulfilling his promise to reveal where he buried Sabina.
2: It
6: was one beach access down from where Haley's motel was. He took us to a small rain pavilion, and he said that was their special place. Bill and Sabine, they would go down there and have a glass of wine and watch the sunset.
3: Ultimately, after several hours of digging, they did find skeletonized remains. clothed in a flowered shirt, jeans, silver necklace, just as he had described.
1: Sabina's loved ones are grateful. The long search for answers is finally over. I've often thought I sat
5: watching the sunset with our neighbors and friends, that she was buried in the sand underneath us
1: and we didn't know it. The beach on Anna Maria Island is a place of beauty and of peace, a place Sabina's friends are comforted to know where her spirit
4: lives on. She was a free spirit. When Sabina was happy, there was nobody that you would rather want to be with. And I wish she was still here.